better way to get better at football than playing football. So Taylor's gonna finish it. I've always been confident in my abilities. I think you know I'm a guy that can go out there, and I always believe in myself that I'm gonna get open and, and make the play if they throw me the ball. The third, right end zone shot for Pierce. He caught it. Oh, what a! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts Cast. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. He is Jamal Lawrence, and I am Eric Smith, your co-host of the Colts Cast. Look, I think most people were were told that OTAs were going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Did correct? Just started today, I'm guessing. Correct. Again, (laughs) bad bad in a thousand. Yeah, I've been so confused all week, but it started today. OTAs officially started. Jamal, what did you think about the first session? You know, whenever the Colts have some big news to come along, whether it be OTAs or the drafts or something like that, I always got to pour some specials. Today, we're going to drink a little E.H. Taylor to the Colts starting OTAs officially. And with the news coming out the out the gate, man, it's it's about what I expected. Obviously, I know it's all voluntary, so I try not to get too, too hype into the people who are there who are not there. But I like to listen about the people who are missing because of injuries and things of that sort um so i think that this is about what we anticipated um eric i, I don't know if you want me to start off by running my mouth but the first thing you know i kind of thought about was that they said that uh, anthony richardson and Gardner Minshew split the reps throughout the entire thing i fully anticipated and expected that to happen just because we're gonna need i mean Minshew is he's a seasoned guy obviously we expect that and we know there's a possibility he could be starting week one so uh he needs to be getting as many reps as possible anthony richardson needs to get the reps because his mechanics are off a couple videos i saw of him throwing he's he still just you know has that unbelievable strength for throwing the ball but when you look at that one i i think so much is actually can be fixed by using those hips a little more and playing those feet in, in a correct way he can stand you know straight and just launch the ball up 70 yards no problem but i think once we figure out how to get his mechanics a little bit better that actually is going to get a little bit better for him so uh, those are two things i noticed from the quarterbacks you know just kind of wanted to touch base on um Minshew, from what i saw was throwing to the starters yeah so that's one thing to note it, mm-hmm. you know they split reps but Richardson was throwing to the second, third stringer. So that's mm-hmm. that's something we do have to keep an eye on. Definitely. Second up, Michael Pittman Jr. was out today. Uh, he had a birth of his child today. So shout out to Congratulations, him. Michael Pittman. Yeah. Congrats on that. Congrats on that. Uh, when I first saw he was out, I was like, oh, man, what's going on? But then that news popped up and I said, all right, we can get down with that. So congrats to him. Um, I believe it was Ogletree. He was you know, still sidelined coming back from that ACL injury from last year. Um, which we're going to talk about tight ends here when we get into our next segment. But I'm curious to see what happens with him, especially with all the tight end news is going on. But Jonathan Taylor was another one too, Eric. Uh, you know, of course, I saw a couple things that he was out with the ankle. So, again, I try not to get too caught up in it because I know it's voluntary and I know they're going to have to put these injury, you know, um, um, or reasons they're out, you know, their illnesses or injuries or whatever you want to call it. They have to put that out. But, man, like, I just hate to see that stuff. And there were a couple people who I think got even um, – I, uh, I believe it was Josh Downs had a knee – little knee injury going on too. Again, and Woods, Jelani yeah, Woods. Yeah, from, Something's going Woods. on, which is I'm, – I'm hoping it's more precautionary than yeah. anything else. But that another, – another something we have to keep an eye on. But Jonathan Taylor – you ain't got look. Yeah, you ain't got to show up. Yeah, yeah. You ain't got to show up to any OTAs. I'm, I'm, I fully believe he's capable of doing his job for sure. 
Uh, and one other one, you know, or, uh, two other people I should say I saw a little update. Uh, and sorry, I'm not source, uh, sourcing exactly who I saw these updates from. They were all over Twitter, though. A lot of it was retweets. So I'm um, sorry if, if this was you who tweeted in this, but I'm not taking any credit from you. Uh, but they talked also saw something about Rigoberto as, and um, and Shaq being, you know, uh, Shane Sykin said there's no timeline on them to show up. So obviously we knew that with Shaq. We kind of talked about that last week. But Rigoberto, it's nice to hear that name because we haven't heard that name in a while. And, and I know he has no timeline for him. He had a pretty gruesome injury uh, at the end of or at the before the season started last year. So hopefully he's doing well and he'll get back in there in the punting game strong. Your boy threw a pick to Darius Rush. Pick six. I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah, you're QB1 Sam yeah. Ellinger. So <laughs> Dude's still sick. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, OTAs, it's it's nice to see them back out on the field. It's, it's the very beginning of – you know, what we see with the offseason with our new group of people. So super exciting times right now. Um, you know, you ready to get into the main segment, baby? Let's get it. Hey, let's get it. So, look, today we discuss five things the Indianapolis Colts must do to, to succeed in 2023. Five things, and we're going to run through it pretty quickly. But before we do, a word from our sponsor, Breaking News, Manscaped now sells beer products. That's right. They're once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code ColtsCast for 20% off and free shipping. Man, I, I love using this thing every day. It's, it's so simple. I'm just in the shower. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, no shaving cream, no nothing. It's waterproof. It it's it's amazing. It gets it gets the face right. It's got twenty different beard links and just one guard. You know, don't have to worry about you know, switching guards and things like that. It is great. So look, um, so get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code ColtsCast at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code ColtsCast. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 links. Jamal, what's the first thing the Colts have to do to succeed in 2023? Man, this is this is a big one. I think this is arguably the biggest one out of everything we could even talk about throughout everything that's happened since the end of last season to, to the draft to today. I mean, going into the season, Eric, this one is crazy, and, and, and I hope everybody listening can understand why this one's so crazy. We got to stop signing all these tight ends, dog. I don't know why the Colts <laughs> decided that we need 87 tight ends and everyone was already thick. Let's keep adding more. Hey, are we going to draft a tight end? Are we going <laughs> to sign another one? Well, we got another one coming from an injury. Eric, talk to these people. Let them at, to explain to me why we keep getting tight ends. I don't know. Uh, I thought they were trying to, you know, take over Fortnite, start a new battle royale between tight ends, the Colts tight end battle royale. I, I didn't really understand it. Um, yeah, we signed another tight end yesterday. Caden Smith had a total of seven tight ends currently. Sure, they aren't going to all make the roster when it all comes together, but what what is the significance of introducing so much competition to a group we already thought was one of the more solid groups on this team? You know, Mo Ali Cox, Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods, Andrew Ogletree, Pharaoh Brown, Will Mallory, and now Caden Smith. Yeah, I, the only thing I can think of is they're looking for some solid blockers in Shane Steichen's scheme. Because we all know who are who are the best cat pass catchers right now. And I 
I personally think it's Granson and Woods. You know what? What else do we need to add to this group? We need some intense blockers for our run game. So that's what I think it is, Jamal. I don't know who's going to make it out. I, I have some ideas, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see, man. I Like you said, it definitely has to, has to be a run blocking competition. But again, who's going to step up to the plate to, to take on that role as a run blocker? I mean, I, I think it's hard to say. I mean, we literally pick up more catching tight ends than anybody I've ever seen in my life. So you have to wonder. I mean, they, they, I don't know. Hopefully there's something else going on with it, too. But I got a couple people I think will, you know, will make that final cut. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely discuss that here as the, the offseason goes on. Number two for us, though, Eric, because we keep drafting all of the or signing all these tight ends. You know, there's one position we hadn't even addressed yet. We, we, we semi addressed it with a couple of unrestricted or excuse me, undrafted free agents. But we need a long term answer at guard. So why not give that same energy to the guard spot like we're giving to the tight end spot? They don't want to do that. Nah. Probably, I, I don't know. I don't know what Chris Ballard's thinking. You know, he he addressed, you know, at, at the end of the season that they made a mistake with thinking Nelson Smith and um, Kelly could hold it down. So they're starting to think, you know, all right, they, they drafted a tackle. They drafted Blake Freeland. Um, what we haven't really addressed guard like I thought we would. Um, you know, Will Fries is going to be the de facto starter right now. You know, but we, we saw what Danny Pinner did at that position. Just wasn't great. I, I don't anticipate him starting. Um, can undrafted free agent Emil Ikior Jr. step up, you know, to the plate? I, I think there's some hype around him. Of course, he's an undrafted free agent, but we've seen successful people not get drafted. I mean, we have a couple of them on the team. So I, I – <sighs> We have to address this. I'm interested to see what's going to go on during the offseason, rest of the offseason and preseason. We just need to add some general depth, too. You know, it's, it's not just who's going to start, who who's going to play behind them in, in case there's some injuries. Yeah, injury-prone team. You know, we got we got to have those backups there for us. And I know that you mentioned um, uh, email, but there's another one as, as well, Harris Lachance. I don't know if you know about him, Eric, but he's, we picked him up undrafted as well from BYU. So he has a little bit of connection with Blake. Um, they, they played together at BYU. I believe they played together in high school too. Uh, mm. So small world for them. But I, I tried to find some highlight film on him. There was nothing on him. It was honestly just a bunch of interviews and stuff like that. But he got signed for a three-year deal with, with us. Uh, and then going back to E-Man himself, you know, I, I watched some film on him as well. And I think one of the hardest things for, for me with him, which I which is, again, why I think that – um. Will Fries will be the starter come come week one. Is there are some inconsistencies with him, you know? And I and I I know that these things can all be fixed, but when you're playing with a, with a stout Alabama team like he was, a lot of that stuff can kind of slide under the radar because there's so many playmakers all around you. I think that when you have a lackadaisical play, it, it kind of gets away. Uh, so some of the when I was watching some film on him, like he makes a lot of contact. He does make good contact with players, but sometimes when he makes that contact, though, he just stops driving. Like he makes the contact, he squared up. And his feet stop moving. That ain't gonna work at this level. You know what I mean? You got you got to be able to I'll take talk to that. Him. You got to be able to take that plot to the next level every single time. Uh, there was some film more I watched where he had missed blocks, uh, just like completely with blocks. And and again, where Bryce was kind of fleeing for it. Bryce Young was kind of uh, fleeing for his life, trying to get open. You know, try to make another play. But then I look at the plays where he had just good blocks and and he was consistent. Pulling was one I kind of liked when I saw him pull because he. 
he could work on kicking out versus trying to turn them up field more. That's a different story for a different day. But that's kind of where I saw some of his like meat and potatoes come from, where he he looked really good at. Um, but I think that he has a lot of growth opportunities. And again, like I said, I think he kind of maybe slid on the radar uh, with some of his flaws because at Bama where you had four other linemen who were really good as well. You know, it it, it makes it a little easier for you to mess up essentially. Um, but I think that he can definitely learn and he can get a lot of reps in force and he does have the potential to grow, to grow up and, and be in potentially be a starter for the Colts. I'm not going to sit here and say that he can't for one second at all. Uh, but I, I definitely think that some of his flaws I saw on film were a little bigger than I anticipated, you know, kind of leading into him be, being picked up at the end of the draft. That would make sense why he didn't get drafted, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's, he, he, he's an undrafted free agent. We'll see what happens. I, maybe they're just, you know, going to address guard at a later time. Who knows? Maybe they really believe in Will Fries. I'm not sure. Uh, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see, honestly. Number three. What, what What's the third one? Anthony Richardson must start by week seven. Mm. Look, the first rounder needs reps. If he doesn't start week one, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not going to shatter into little glass pieces over it. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew is probably, he was my favorite, one of my favorite pickups just because I, I think he's a good backup. He's a great backup. We said this about Nick Foles last season, so I might eat my words on this, but I think he's a pretty solid backup. But like I was saying, must start by week seven. I think, you know, we have all those divisional games early on in the season. So we should have an idea how the Colts want to proceed. You know, if we go 6-0 and out the gate, <laughs> okay, fine. We don't want to mess up the team chemistry with Minshew. You stick with Minshew. Keep Anthony Richardson on the sidelines. Keep him on the drawing boards, learning, learning the game. But look, if we go like 2-4, and 1-5, even three and three, like slot that man in to get some experience. You know, I throw him to the wolves at to to an extent. So he he really needs it. Only thirteen games under his belt, uh, uh, as college goes. You know, it, it, if the offensive line isn't playing like it was last year, giving up an egregious amount of sacks, sixty. Yeah, it. As long as that regresses back to the mean. I think he can be relied on to protect our franchise quarterback. Not to mention our franchise quarterback is a good old 2565 has a has a knack for avoiding sacks. Like I that's where I'll feel good. So I I want to gauge this offensive line performance, you know, unless he outright wins in training camp for for the week one starting job, but you know, if Gardner Minshew starts, I I want to see how the Colts play it out. But by week 7, I mean, we're four divisional games in. That's what I'm talking about. So I like that you even took this far, saying even if we're 500, that you know we should still get him in because I, I that was going to be my question too. At what point do we teeter and say, uh, let's go ahead and do this or let's not do this? You know, I fully agree that if he's if we're six and zero, whatever at that time, then no, he he let him sit there, let him keep continuing to bake in the oven a little bit because he's going to be done soon. But if we're three and three, sure, go ahead and do it. And and I think that you know this. That'll probably be somewhat of the plan, unless, like you mentioned, he just outright beats him in training camp. But we're talking about Minshew, who has some history with Psych, and he kind of understands what's going on. Uh, I think that he's going to flourish in that in that standpoint, and he'll understand the playbook probably a little better than what Richardson will. But I'm not going to say that Richardson it won't understand the playbook because I've seen videos of him 
you know, regurgitate plays and and kind of go through that stuff, you know, during the combine days. And it looked ph phenomenal. Um, but what I was going to say with that is I think I, I really like that you brought in that O-line play because I do think that is huge when it comes to where we stand. Because are we going to have the 2021 O-line where JT was able to whip out 1,800 yards and it could have made, you know, where Carson Wentz was getting hit sometimes. You were just wondering, like, I mean, these hits are self-inflicted because you're, you're rolling out when you shouldn't be or you're sitting there when you shouldn't be. Or are we going to have that 2022 where even though Matt Ryan's a statue, he was getting hit essentially as soon as he touched the ball. They couldn't even be under center because it was just that bad. So I think that that plays a huge role for us. Um, and I would be really interested to see how this goes because Richardson definitely wants to start. I, I think all of Colts Nation wants him to start. But I also we also have to remember that Shane Steichen is here on a six-year deal. All right, this this is not going to be a plug-and-play thing. for It's going to be a work of art, man. We're, he, he's He's – He's building something. So we have to understand that even if we don't get the initial reaction we want, it's not the end of the world. Life will go on. And I think that Steichen, if by time preseason gets here, if um, if Anthony isn't, you know, the QB one at that point, I'd be willing to bet he will have a, a decent amount of reps um, in the preseason because I'm sure we're gonna they're going to want to see exactly how he can work against, I don't care if it's second team or third team, which obviously he wouldn't be in there with third team because I'll be Sam. But you know what I mean? I think that they will want to see him get a chance to work all levels of all the defense. Um, so I think as long as he's not that starting guy, then he probably will have a chance to be out there a decent amount during preseason. Absolutely. Like number four. Jamal, the cornerback group can't become a liability. You want to talk to him about that? Yeah, dog. We got a lot of young guys that are looking to be on the field this year. We we got, you know, we, we just said, we talked about Isaiah Rogers Sr. Uh, it's his time to shine. He's 25. He's going to be one of the vets on the on the field mm -hmm. um, for, for this for this cornerbacks group. So they have to come out. Kenny Moore, yo, it's your time to shine, dog. Like, it's got to happen. We know Juju, you know, he he's going to be coming in. I'm sure thinking to be the starter and he's going to have to grow quickly. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Juju. I'm saying that he's going to have to grow quickly because with being that starter, you're going to have a lot on your back. Um, and we got other guys back there like Darius Rush who picked off Sam today. I can call it what you want. I know anybody's going to say whatever they want. It was Sam throwing the ball to him, blah, blah, blah. He's, he still ran for a pick six. He got the touchdown, whether or not they're, you know, I know they're not tackling, but the point is, is, the guys like him, they they want it. They want to be the starter. And I think someone like that can thrive in the Gus Bradley defense. So I think he's going to put forth the effort. So it's going to make it a, a interesting dynamic where I think that the, our cornerback group will understand their role and understand that they are a very integral part of this defense this year, as opposed to how the linebacker core typically, you know, is is that is is that I don't know. I want to say like the meat and potatoes of that defense. I think that we have a lot of weapons at the cornerback spot now where we can try to elevate it to the next level. It's just going to be a matter of getting past that learning curve when you only have three months to learn as opposed to you had a year in college or these other guys like Isaiah, who's been here for two, three years or Kenny's been here for, you know, two, three years. So I think that that's going to be their hardest thing is that learning curve. Yeah, I, I will say no matter what you think about Isaiah Rogers Sr., I mean, I, I just think we have to be realistic. He hasn't been in a full-time starting role where he lined up on the outside outside for every single snap. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, I, I think he will be solid, and we talked about it. He's underrated. He could be great as well, too, but there's still holes that haven't been filled. I mean, yes, we, we've gotten cornerbacks. We drafted a bunch you know 
But even if he is that great, we still have a very inexperienced cornerback group. You know, Kenny Moore, you say he's he's got to step up. I, I think he stays in that nickelback role. I don't I don't think they put him on the outside. But Juju Brents or Darius Rush, one of them's going to have to step up. Maybe even Dallas uh, Flowers, Tony Brown. I don't know. Somebody somebody's got to step up. And I will say the the half cup full optimistic look at this is well. I feel like a lot of good cornerbacks have have come out and 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 they've started their first year in the NFL and they've been really playing at a high level. Like you think about your Patrick Sertain the second, you think about your Sauce Gardeners, you think about Tyreek Woolen. Like these guys were great year one, great year one. Sauce Gardner, uh, defensive rookie of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I look, I, I'm just saying, like, there is optimism, but this group cannot become a liability when, when you know, we're, we're in the trenches. Like, we're we trying to get some dubs. Like, they, we'll see what happens. But, you know, that, that, that's all I want to say about that. Like, there, there's some good news about it. There's some bad news about it. And we just got to balance both. Yeah. Well, speaking of liabilities, man, you know, the last one we got to talk about this, this one is a huge one for us too, because with this person not on the field, it's a liability for our defense as well. Shaq Leonard must return to all pro form. Talk to him, bro. Yeah. We talked about this last episode, but we got to bring it up again because it, it heavily contributes to the success of the Colts. You know, he's got to return to all pro status. I mean, the man was a three time all pro first team. One time, second team All Pro. Like basically, <laughs> every year he's been in the league, he's he's been an All Pro. It's just the one, you know, a three time Pro Bowler, forced fumbles leader in twenty twenty one. He's been all that amazing in every aspect, except what Jamal, health. That's what's killing him. Like he he could be up there like top three unanimous linebackers, but he's not healthy right now, and I don't know if he will be. But if the Colts want to be successful, they need their off-ball linebacker in Darius Leonard out there, dropping back in pass coverage, being an excellent run stopper, getting these turnovers that we desperately need because we need every chance on offense that we can get. But I'm, you know, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I know he's rooting for himself too. But we we saw what happened last year. We saw how we were optimistic. And 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 we got we got three weeks out of him, man. And it really sucks, man. That's that's all I'll say to that. Yeah, no, it does suck. And and like you said, man, he is that you know he he is that guy to help us get the ball back to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we look at the Colts defense last year. We had nine interceptions, ten including Shaq's the one that he got out of the couple games he played. And the defense had fifteen forced fumbles. So uh, then we look at twenty twenty one when Shaq was on the field. The entire season, he he was accounted for eight forced fumbles, four interceptions, so twelve turnovers out of our team's thirty-eight forced turnovers, but we only recovered thirty-three uh, total because we didn't recover five of those fumbles. So I, I tell you those numbers because he was he was accountable for thirty-six percent, over thirty-six percent of our team's turnovers. That's crazy. That's over a third of of turnovers. We like you said, Eric, we need that pass coverage from him to get those interceptions. We need him in that run game to do that peanut punch, get the ball back, because those are times where our defense was flying on all cylinders. We were a second place behind, I think, on the Cowboys in 2021 for defensive turnovers. 
and and that's and that's what helped us win games. I mean, no matter how you slice it, them getting turnovers is what helped us win games in 2021. And I know that's not the only thing that stopped us from getting wins in 2022. I obviously know that. But do you think it played a huge role? Sure. Yes. We talked about it all season, how spoiled we were by the fact that we weren't getting turnovers the way it was, the way it was in 2021. Well, that's because one mm-hmm. person was Shaq not being on the field. We need him out there. Everyone knows that. And, and we're all hoping for a speedy recovery for him. It's been a minute. You know, <laughs> we talked about it in the last episode. It's been a long minute. Um, and of course, Shane even said today again, of course, there's no timetable. So we know there's going to be a minute. I don't think he'll step out there until, you know, I don't know, training camp probably. I don't think he has any any rush um, to get out there, but I think that he's got to be back in all pro form for us to be successful on the defensive side of the ball, and especially for us to be successful in the season because those turnovers are going to be key for our success. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. We need that man back. But look, guys, that's that's five things the Colts must do to succeed in 2023. All those things have to happen, I feel like. I think Jamal feels the same way, too. Oh, yeah. So, look, we'll, we'll keep a good eye on it. And at the end of the day, it's it's go Colts. It's always go Colts. Always. We got, we got to tell you how it really is. We got to tell you how it really is out here. But that's going to be it for us, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Colts cast today. We are live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, any platform you use to listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on YouTube. We really appreciate it. That's the best way to support us. And, guys, it's completely free. We'll be back next time to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all take care. Take care. Enjoy the week.